going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Biz. I'm your host, Melly Mel. Today is season one, episode eight, and the final edition episode, right, of the season. Now, this is kind of like a viewer's choice episode because a lot of people have been saying, can you get a DJ on? So now in my defense, before I say that, in my defense, we did have a DJ on episode two, but he's a brand manager. I'm talking about DJ Supreme. If you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you check it out. He's a brand manager and a program director. So we focused more on that aspect of the business. So today we're going to focus on DJing, right? And he's in multiple markets. He's been in multiple different markets and on a couple of different stations as well. And also on the digital side as well. DJ GQ. Let's get into that right now. G, what's going on, man? I appreciate you joining me. What's going on? And this is kind of like um, the viewer's choice episode. This is my eighth and final episode for um, season one. And everybody was like, you didn't do a DJ yet. But I, I did do a DJ, but mm -hmm. we really didn't talk about DJing per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Like what made you want to, what made you want to be a DJ and what got you, really got you into it? Um, shout, I mean, shout out to um, Kobe Cole and um dj ran mm. um when i used to listen to power 99 back in the day in the all the way market. back and um in the market right yeah they had um a show called radioactive mm. and i used to listen to that show sneak to listen to it because it came on late night yeah. and they was dropping all the new stuff like so i'm hearing you know biggie for the first time and dos effects and craig mack and and that literally made me want to be a dj like so it made me want like go out and try to find equipment and just find oh and also i can't um so my sister's then boyfriend they ended up getting married um he had to set up a dj equipment his name is tom mm -hmm. and he let me play around on it and he was like yo you sound like you've done this before so after doing that those two things that's what kind of really pushed me into djing okay so then, so what was the next step? Then you started like looking into buying your own equipment and, and really taking it serious. Like what was, what was the breaking point for that? So I was buying like little pieces of equipment here and there, trying to do my little mixes, um, taking them to uh, school, letting people hear them. Um, again, that's why I said shout out to DJ Rand because I was literally like recording his mixes and trying to mimic his scratches right, and right, right. things he was doing. So that's what right. kind of like moved me in that direction. So, so then what happened? Like, then you started like doing, doing parties and stuff as you got older, like what happened? Yeah. I mean, I, I started doing parties at the high school and high school um, you went to? the high school I went to nice. like, and we was doing sneak parties. Like I would bring all the equipment on the bus, <laughs> bring it to the school. Wow. And we would sneak into like one room in the building and let everybody know it became so big that kids was coming from other schools. And then that's when they shut it down. Right. Wow. So, so when did, when did the radio, so first of all, was radio ever, was you ever thinking radio at the beginning or just kind of like fell in your lap? How'd that happen? It fell in my lap. So when I got to college, I got on college radio, shout out to um, everybody at WDSU, Dell State. Right. And um, that's actually <laughs> where I met, I met um, DJ Supreme, who ended up being a program director and put me on. Um, right. And when I got to Dell State, like, I was doing the radio there and then y'all in communications together you and supreme yep okay gotcha. and so after that after dell state um i came back home and 
I was actually doing stuff with Rated R, um, DJ Rated R, shout out to him. Mm. And we were going to Philly one day. I had the mixes rolling. He was like, yo, you sound like you need to be on the radio. And after that, he started taking me to parties with him. Let me be seen um, with the radio station, JKS. Right, right, right. And um, that led me to being heard by uh, Tony Corderoni, um, who put me in the game. And then that's how I got my first radio gig. Wow. So you initially started um, like doing mixed show with, with R? Is that how it happened? Yeah, we were doing a show called The Saturday Night Blowout. Okay. Wow. And and that's what like kind of got me in. And then I started progressing forward and it's been been rolling since then. Wow. So so what happened? So how long were you at um WJKS? I wanna say the initial run, um, I did come back, but not as a DJ doing other things. Um okay. probably about eight years. So in between all that though, were you still doing other stations while you were on on Kiss too? Um, I had done or not I had yet. done a, a little bit of stuff um a couple times like with Sirius XM, but nothing major. Um, and then um I had a little bit of a falling out with JKS and <laughs> <laughs> and that um would you like left, to talk about it or no? <laughs> yeah, let's leave that let's leave that to what it is. But um I I left for a little bit and um, I want to say, and I don't want to give credit to the wrong person, but I think it was a, a guy named DJ Stickman who reached out to me on social media. Um, I, if it was, I hope it was Stickman because if not, then I apologize to the other person that it wasn't. Right, 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 right. And they were like, yo, um, <laughs> WOCQ is looking for a DJ and shout out to Bill Baker. Um, mm -hmm. I reached out to him and he put me on um, at OCQ and then I've been there for 11 years now. Wow. Now, um, let's, let's stop for a second and talk about OCQ. Mm -hmm. um, now, what you did that a lot of DJs aren't good at is they went through a couple format changes in those 11 years as well, right? Yeah. So, so was that difficult for you to make, to, to do that? Or how, how'd that happen? How was that? So when I first got there, they were urban. Right. They were, and they became more of a rhythmic. And then they became a top 40 pop. That top 40 pop switch, I can tell you, is a very, very difficult switch. And a lot of DJs cannot do it. And it was hard. It's still to this day an adjustment, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. But so but even though you adjusted, right, is that is that better for like on the because obviously you're probably still doing parties, right? So yeah. Are you doing like, so now you can do those top 40 crossover type of parties as well, right? Did, do you think that helped you with that as well? Yeah, it helped me tremendously. Not what I would tell a lot of DJs, what I would tell most DJs is, I know you grew up in a certain format and that's who you are or you believe yourself to be. But to grow financially, to grow, to be able to do my, more diverse things, you have to be able to learn how to make that, that jump. And it's a very difficult jump to make, but it's definitely more lucrative as far as, you know, the financial side. Right, so. right. So, so now let, let's, let's go to Albany for a second. So how did that all come about getting on hot? Um, so this is where relationships come in because um, like I said, shout out to DJ Supreme. We, we went to college together. Um, I was one year over him. So when he came in, I kind of like, was like, yo, you DJ come, you do do these things. And we were doing these things. And then, 
he ends up being on radio. He goes off, does his own thing, ends up being a program director. And he moved around. And when he was in New York, you know, he was like, yo, come do some stuff with me. So that landed me over in New York. So um, still doing OCQ, but then also doing um, QBK. Right, so, right, right. And um, so so let's talk about the digital side for a second, because a lot of people don't know you're still on a digital station too. How, how, do you think that's any different from doing terrestrial radio and digital radio? So I think that it is different today, but I think that in five years, it will not be different. Okay. I think that in five years, you probably will lean closer to wanting to do digital content than doing the terrestrial radio station because the, one, the freedom, two, they're more on top of things. You're going to get the music you actually want to hear as opposed to the music that's being pushed. Right, right, you know right. I mean? So, and I mean, that's just the way things are going. You look at people are trending towards their Spotify, their Apple Music, you know, um, Sirius XM. Right, right, right. So, so do you think, um, so let me, let me, let me, let me backtrack for a second. Do you think that DJs in this day and time are still breaking records? Like how it used to be, or do you think it's changed? It's definitely changed. And it's crazy. Cause I was just thinking about this today about how much the game has changed. That was what made you dope. What made people like, be like, yo, that's that dude. That's that DJ is your ability to hear and know what's coming next. That part of the game is gone. Like for the most part, because music drops so fast, like it should still be there and it can still be there. And the really great DJs know how to hear something in advance and kind of like get to it. But yeah, the real DJs. Is that Jay-Z calling? Yeah, that's who. (laughs) Nah, the real DJs know how to find what's coming or what people may not have heard and give you that content. But it's um, got to be a little tough, right, G? Because this is how I would imagine, right? There's there's going to be people to come to you and say, "Did you hear this new whatever?" And you're yeah. like, to yourself, you're like, "No, I haven't heard it." And you had you got to probably hurry up and go download it, right? Because I think social media is moving these records a little bit differently now, right? Yeah. So how, how do, I know it has to be happening, right? That has to be happening. Yeah, definitely. But actually, the truth be told, it's way easier now with everything. So even with that aspect, somebody could come up to you. And be like, yo, do you know this record? And you could front like you know the record, oh, but not know the record. And within 30, 40 seconds, you have it. You have it. Even yeah. while you're still playing the song that's currently on, you can download that other song, listen to it, be like, I bang with this or I don't bang with it. And you can and get I'll play it, it right so, now. Yeah. Yeah. So that so, and that look that people don't have to know that side of it, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And it makes you look better because you're like, you're you're dropping that new new, but you didn't know about it. A minute ago so. yeah but you're like this is new whatever and you knew that yeah. you say i've been playing this record but you really don't know nothing about it <laughs> yeah. yeah you know how we do we dropped them new joints on you you ain't know nothing about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if she or he didn't come up to you was like i still want to do the record <laughs> yeah exactly but then the night they'd be like yo you was you was killing it. you was dropping all them joints and it's only because the internet you know what i mean well, you didn't so so another another good question would be do you take that to the airwaves like if somebody keeps asking you for the latest whatever record do, mm-hmm. do you say yeah i'm gonna play this on a record this i mean on the, on the radio this week if i got a if i got a good response from that record like a day or two ago or a week ago when i'm on the air i'm definitely going to that record yeah. wow wow that's so that, literally that, part of my formula yes so that so. definitely keeps you 
in, in, in the club, so to speak, keeps you also kind of like, I don't want to say you're not up to date, but it keeps you up to date on records that you might be missing. A hundred percent. That's what it's doing. It keeps you being in the club. I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a hundred percent, but there's nothing wrong with that because right. Right. Like if I'm doing something and this is across the board, like if you're doing something at a middle school and the middle school kids ask you to play something, but all of them react to it, you know, that's something that people want to hear. You probably should play it. If you're at a high school, if you're at a college, if you're at a regular club and somebody asks you to play something and you play it and nobody moves to it, move it to the side. But if you play something in the whole crowd, that means you are now ahead of the game. You now know something that other people might not know yet. Because a lot of times they be asking for a record. That record dropped that day. That's yeah. how new the records be. And yeah. you play it and everybody moved to it. All right. Well, now you you ahead of the game. Right, so. right, right. So, so what do you, how do you see the, the future of music? I mean, we've already talked about it already, but how do you think, how do you think it's going to continue to evolve? I honestly think I'm almost hundred percent sure that this whole thing is going to go in a whole nother like digital aspect. I don't know if you're familiar with what they talk about with meta and the metaverse and everything like that, but I believe that that's where this thing is going. I believe that like 90%, right? you're talking about everything right everything yeah 90% of what we're going to be doing is going to be doing digital stuff the tr the traditional way will go away and there's nothing really wrong with that people are scared of that but yeah if you're a radio station and everything is tuned in digital then what should you probably do focus on digital like figure out how to get your digital content to people whether it's like your same station get it to their phone your same content get it to their phone or to their computer or whatever and Ultimately, like the cryptocurrency, the metaverse, all that stuff is going to be how people move things. Uh, if you're an artist and you're listening to this right now, you might want to verse yourself on like NFTs mm -hmm. and, um, you know, getting that content. Like when people are selling their music as NFTs and their, and their digital art is NFTs, you might want to get down with that because that's going to be how you're going to make your money. So, yeah. so what's, what's funny is that leads me to my next question. You, you've kind of you've kind of hit it a little bit. Do you think radio is the traditional radio are the followers right now? Traditional radio has lost its way. And I say this respectfully because I know I'm on radio, but <laughs> <laughs> like when I was a kid, when you were a kid and we heard songs, we were hearing them first through radio. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And absent the DJ and I will say this. And you just proved a point saying some people come to you and tell you records you don't even, you've never heard. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I will say, I will say even a lot of the music that I hear now, I hear it first from DJs on the radio still. Right. But I know there are program directors that are telling their DJs stick to the script. You know, don't play stuff outside of what we are already playing. You think that's killing the station? Of course. Like why, why would somebody tune in? for something that they're hearing 24 hours a day, seven days a week is already being beat over their head. Like there's no way a DJ can play it in a way that's not going to make it still the same song. It was, I heard 15 times before that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I can give that person something different, you know what I mean? That's why they tune in. And so um, there are DJs that I know that I hear and I'm like, yo, this DJ is way more fire than they are on the radio because they're being watered down. Yeah. So that's definitely messing. Yeah, it's funny because you'll, you'll hear program directors that say, 
I don't want you to play off the playlist, but then you have mm-hmm. other programmers that say, I don't want it to sound nothing like, mm-hmm. you know, regular format. So yeah, yeah it, it's tricky, man. It's tricky. Um, so I, let's go to the artist for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think an artist still needs a major record label to survive? No. And why? It, well, I mean, I can say having seen people do things without one, with, right? Without one. Yeah. Like having seen the ascension of Mac Miller um, without a label and seeing him, you know, I mean, I'm, I remember when he was, when I first was starting to find out about him and he was doing shows up in Aston, Pennsylvania with 3,000 people at the show and I'm like oh oh you doing it like that and I hadn't even heard of him yeah I mean even and Meek yeah you know I mean Meek was getting radio because he was running the city but it wasn't like actual radio it was like mix show yeah and his mix show spins was getting he was packing everything out yeah yeah I mean Mac was doing it completely off of digital I remember um shout out to Sap and Sap did the um the Donald Trump song with him and he hit me up in the morning he woke me up in the morning and was like yo go look at look at this I forget what he sent me and I thought it was fake because they told me the night before they was dropping the song when I woke up that morning it already had like 40,000 listens wow I was like I was like yeah that's not he doing some he doing something under you know under the scenes to get that popping yeah and then I clicked off of it clicked back it was at like 56,000 Click back, it was at like 63,000. I'm like, and was he ever signed? Was Mac Miller ever signed? He eventually did sign a deal. I mean, he got his deal on his terms because yeah, he, yeah, yeah. They, he didn't need him. Right. Um, Freddie Gibbs, you know what I mean? Gangsta Gibbs, all them people like that. Uh, Nipsey, all them people were, they were yeah. doing it so big before they ever even got any type of like real deal. And look at so, Tech Nine now, like Tech exactly. Nine still. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you, if you know what you're doing, you don't need a deal, and especially because the way that everything moves, if, if everything's moving through social media and YouTube and Spotify and, you know, the labels are trying to find a way to inch their way into that type of thing, but that's not their, that's not their lane. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out how to get your stuff from you so that they can get your, you know what I mean, get your wave, but that is not what they do. So, yeah, no, you don't need it. What about, so if they don't need a record label, do they even need radio to survive? You do not need radio to survive. I mean, I could try to push the, you know, the company line and tell you that it does, but you don't because, again, I can say as a DJ, the biggest songs that I hear in the club are songs that never got played on the radio. Mm. And the biggest songs on on artist albums, I'm a... off the top of my head. Not radio singles, right? Yeah, off the top of my head. Was Dreams and Nightmares ever a radio single? It was his biggest record probably to this day, right? Yep, was never a radio single. You know what I mean? Um, ESTG. Like, he got so many records right now. They're not big radio records, but they big. You know what I mean? Lick Back, you know what I mean? Price Tag, you know, Special. All the songs that he got out right now are huge records that ain't getting no radio play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can yeah. just go down the line and think about a lot of the artists. Jay-Z, PSA, was that a radio record? No. And you play that, oh my God, to this exactly. day. So yeah. 
radio is radio is a business now. The same reason why it hasn't always been a business and we didn't know it. At its best, it was a business that was um, that was pulling from the culture. It was a business that was pulling from the culture. Okay. Now it's just a business. Yeah. So it's a business that's trying to tell the culture what to do. Nothing ever wins that way. Yeah. Wow. So, so I, I know you got some stories, G. So, so, so bring the stories. I know you got some. I mean, some good stories. stories. I know you got some. As far as what? Like, I mean, if I'm gonna tell a story, like some it's artist be... stories. I know you got some artist stories. I mean, again, you want like <laughs> you want the dirt stories or yeah, like, which yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, on, not I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the dirt stories out of respect, but um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the best parts about being in radio, and you can relate to this, is the things you see, the things you've been around um, that people wouldn't typically see or just the, the relationships you build I, I was thinking earlier about like i was like i was thinking, thinking about like little mama and um i remember um little mama was they were sending me stuff about her when she was like 13 mm-hmm. and then i heard dj enough i was in new york play her record and um i came back and played it and i get a phone call and they're like yo did you play little mama and i'm like yeah and they were like how did you even find that record and i'm like i, I wouldn't look for it because i heard enough play it yeah and they were like you were like the second person to ever play this record and they were like can we come down i don't know if you remember this but they came down and um we did a whole thing mm-hmm. and then the week later the album drops and then the song pops and everything like that and just watching her grow from there the conversations we had um about her mom and just about everything and then seeing her grow that's one of the best parts about it, seeing people from one st- uh, one place grow to another place. Like um, Meek, when I heard about Meek is through um, Sap and, well, I actually heard about Meek because I heard the song. Right. And then I went looking for him and um, they were like, his boy reached out to me, Ricky Marquette, and he's like, yo, he's in jail. So I'm like, damn, he in jail? Like he, his song is like one of the highest songs popping out here and his, he in jail. And it was like, yo, support my boy. He going to pop. And he came home. I went to the, to the studio, had a conversation with him. Actually, you could find that video on YouTube somewhere. But we had a conversation. And then um, just seeing like the whole thing move from there, like stay in contact with him as he's grown his, through his ascension and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Seeing people grow. I mean, Nicki Minaj, um, seeing her. <laughs> say, say again tell that story so when nikki um actually the way i met nikki was through angel damar um angel damar had she a sing. um she can really sing too she can it, it, it's I, one of the biggest tragedies for me is that angel should have been way bigger you know what i mean for what she was able to do like but angel asked me to dj um something that she was doing with the label that she had just signed to and Nikki's there and I'm DJing. I look over and I see Nikki. I, I, I want to say she had on a, like a Wonder Woman outfit. I forget, but it's, <laughs> it's hard to miss Nikki Minaj when she walks in the room. Trust me. Yeah. So she comes in and she gets on the stage. She does her, she goes to do her one verse, but her microphone is off. The, the sound guy didn't turn the mic on. So she does the one verse she came to do. 
no sound. She comes over to me and she's like, yo, you didn't turn my mic on. And I'm like, it wasn't me, it was him. And I could see she like she was hurt because she's like, I just came from New York. So I was like, look, we um the the station I'm on, we're doing something with 112 tomorrow. Come through, we're gonna try to, you know, link you up with some people. Yeah, yeah. Next day, 1:30, I'm like, yo, where are y'all at? They ain't there. 2:30, no show. 3 30, as 112 is walking out the door, here comes Nikki and Angel. And I'm like, like what's what happened and i always remember this because it's ingrained in my head like i started like kind of like railing i'm like yo if y'all want to make it in this game you want to make it in this industry you gotta be on point and i'm looking at nikki and she's looking at me like she gives me she's giving me like this like bruh like shut up yeah it's a side (laughs) eye joint and um and then you see her just grow from where she went like we stayed in contact she um I hit her later on. She was like, yo, I just did this thing with Wayne called Playtime is Over. And I support it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because I said I, I was remember I said I didn't like the I didn't like it, remember? <laughs> I, yes, I, I remember. I think that's one of my funniest stories because I remember playing it and he was like, yo, I don't, why are you playing that? Like, I don't yeah, like it. I don't it. like it. <laughs> Speaking of which, that, and again, like, these are the things you do. So I remember reaching out to her and she said, oh, you played my record? Yo, I you the first person ever put me on the radio i've never this is uh, nikki said this and this is relationships so, too by the way this is about relationships too yeah yeah but even though she might not remember it and somebody else is gonna lay claim to it nikki told me herself i am the first person to ever play on the radio what so that's what she told me we gotta so, make this a promo yeah there you go <laughs> you, you got it first nikki minaj told me i'm the first person to ever play on the radio so what Somebody else is going to jump on and say, oh, no, I did it first. But Nikki told me I did it first. So there it is. There it is. Well, G-Man, I really appreciate the time, man. Like I said, um, you know, this is kind of like a viewer's choice. The people wanted a DJ, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And talk about DJing, so to speak. Um, Real real quick, though, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to get into this, like how how DJing has changed over the years. Like, you know, I know just off the top that... um, you know, turntables is kind of faded out and controllers mm. are the thing now. Like, is there, is there any keys to like, if somebody wants to be a DJ, what's, what's the key to it all? The game has changed so much. If you want to be a DJ, you can literally go up to the store, buy a piece of equipment and be DJing in a couple of days. The same way that rap has changed, like what you had to go through to be a rapper. I remember Lil Yachty saying that he like six months before he was like on his mom's couch. And then six months later, he's like doing tours. So it's the same thing with DJing. Like everything is so digital, you can get in the game now. I mean, that's a shame, but at the same time, if you're great at something and you want to learn to be better than somebody else, then nobody can stop you from doing that. So, and DJs don't really got to go through the struggle no more of carrying crates, going mm-hmm. buying vinyl. <laughs> but see what separates another. Like I could say for me, you still got to be a DJ though, right? You still got to know how to DJ. Well, you still have to learn what each group of each each person that you're doing an event for what they want and then you have to learn how to offer them something a little bit better than somebody else is offering them so if everybody's uh, djing then you offer them dj with a photo booth package or a 360 package or a lighting package there you go you know i mean offer them a host to come along with it you know and you give them enough that they're going to pay you more because you're giving them more and you're bringing so, something extra to the table then i don't want to say just djing but you know yeah. Right. There's a lot of DJs, but how many DJs can live off of the game? Like how yeah. many DJs are only DJing and making their living off of DJing? So that's Good kind question. of what separates it. 
good question. And, and people probably will be surprised on how many people really are doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, I can tell you it's a big difference between people who DJ parties and people who, who are DJs for a living. Yeah. Cause then so. you got the, you know, the hundred dollar DJ versus the 1500 DJ. That's, mm-hmm. that's when all that comes into play. Right. Yeah. The best part of anything, the best part of whether you're an artist or a DJ or an entrepreneur period is when you can take it or leave it. Like, because you're like, nah, I'm good. You're making enough money. You can do what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with every business and that's, again, if it's any artist watching this, I'll say it's not about what you're doing as far as musically, because you might be way better than somebody else. And if you're a DJ, you might be way better than somebody else. But does it really matter? Yeah. You know what I mean? If the other person's making way more money than you. It doesn't matter. I remember, I remember, um, I remember like some DJs that I know saying they were better than some of the DJs that are on Power 99 mm-hmm. or that they scratch better or, and by the way, if this might sound like this is a, I'm not talking about any specific person. Just right, be right, clear. Right, right, right. Cause I'm a, somebody's going to hear this and think I'm talking about them. I'm just saying as a general In thing, general, I hear people say, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yo, but that dude knows the game more and he's well more versed. And he's giving the people what they want. He's giving them everything they want. So people want him. So you can't argue with the person who's going to get talent. Is it 80% business, 20% talent? It's definitely 80% business, 20% talent. Because you have to give some, like you have to have something to make somebody want to give you thousands of dollars. Yeah. Period. That's a fact. You know what I mean? So I never take for granted when somebody's giving me thousands of dollars to come do an event. Because I'm like, clearly I'm worth it. And they come back. That's the other clear thing. Like if somebody gives you a bunch of money, to do something mm-hmm. and then does it again and then does it again then you're actually good at what you do because you can make money off somebody one time yeah return clients is a key too people forget about the return mm-hmm. clients right yeah i mean mm-hmm. i'm uh, i make a bulk of my money majority of my money from off return, return clients, clients. Yeah. yeah so that's the key i think you're right you made a great point i appreciate it g for um for checking in season mm-hmm. one is in the books congrats Thanks, Jake. Mm-hmm.